I'm Gigi Gorgeous. And I am Mimi. And you are listening to Queerified. On this podcast, you'll hear from the pillars of the LGBTQIA community. And some of our very best allies as well. On today's episode, we have the gorgeous, brave actress and no stranger to sex scenes. I mean, would you get naked in front of the camera? <laughs> the L words, Jacqueline Taboni. I am so excited to get into it with Jacqueline. But before we start, please don't forget to call in to the Queerified hotline at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. Absolutely nothing is off limits. We love hearing from you guys and answering your queries on the pod. While you're here, please leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts and a glowing review. You'd think you need to start up your U-Haul and grab all your cats for this podcast, but you need to forget everything you knew about lesbians. Here's Jacqueline Taboni. <laughs> we are here with Jacqueline Taboni. Taboni? Taboni. Taboni. How are you, Jacqueline? Thank you so much for being here. I'm doing here. so well. I'm so happy to be here. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank is you for Taboni coming Taboni Italian? Taboni is Italian. I'm 50% Italian, 50% Irish. Oh, cute. That's very Canadian. Is it? Yeah, a lot of <laughs> Canadians are Irish-Italian, yeah. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I probably I have some I was family Italian. up there. <laughs> you thought you Wait. were Italian. Yes. Wait, what? Yeah. How- no, I did 23 and me. I thought I was 50% Italian as well, but I did 23 and me and it was like I think 7%. Oh my gosh. What? I'm so sorry. That reveal is yeah. like kind of devastating. <laughs> Your last name is lying to you. I know. I mean Lazarato seems so Italian, but I- So what what was that other 50 or 43% filled with? So I was told that I was 50% Italian. 25% Lebanese. Oh, wow. And 25% like British or something. But no, I'm like all Irish, British, like oh just gosh. the whitest white, white. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I'm mm. so scared to do 23andMe. I'm like, I, I don't know why. I just. The truth is scary. Like, what if your entire identity is a lie like Gigi? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just can't. Have Story it. of my life. And there are just like so many stories of people finding like half siblings or that like they were not like fully their, you know, like biologically their parents' kids and stuff. And I don't think that's my situation. Yeah, I never know. Couldn't be me. But anyways, (laughs) Jacqueline, thank you for coming on to Queerified, the second season finale of The L Word, Generation Q, just came out. How do you feel about this season coming to an end? Oh my gosh. You know, it's so funny you asked me this today because last night we just watched the finale with a bunch of fans at Semi-Tropic, which is the bar that sort of based, um, that Dana's in the show is based off of. And so you're watching the show and like seeing Dana's and you're actually in the bar, which is really fun. So surreal. And um yeah, it was really fun to just like connect with fans and be with everyone. So it was a good like wrap up to um, the season. Was this filmed during the pandemic? It was. So we were supposed to film before and then, 
you know, we got pushed because of the pandemic and then everybody sort of got together and made it happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the cat is in front of the Red. camera. <laughs> the, there's a cat on the, on the computer for those listening. Yes. He wants your attention. <laughs> That's what? He likes you. <laughs> I love it. You both filmed during the pandemic. Did you have to do like um, swab tests every day, like three times a day? Yes. The, did you also film during the pandemic? Yes, yes. It's like intense, but also like really, like I feel really clean and like sterile. Whenever I'm around everyone, I'm like, okay, everyone's tested. This is good. Like it's safe. It's very safe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And especially, I don't know when you guys started filming, but when we started filming, it was at that time where you're not seeing anyone. Maybe your pod, like this is before vaccinations were out. And so it was really fun to like see people and be around people. Did you feel weird or was it like good? It was good. It felt like so much more familial because mm-hmm. it was like the only people you were seeing. And so everybody connected in a way that was a little bit different than the first season. And then the other crazy part, I don't know if you feel this way, but like the majority of your crew is wearing, I mean, you're also wearing a mask all the time, but I didn't know what half of like, their faces looked oh like. Oh my God, that's such a thing. <laughs> so like, if you run into somebody now on the street, I'd be like, I'm sorry. They're like Jacqueline. <laughs> and you're like, um. Because <laughs> exactly. the nose and the mouth and the jaw is such a big part of someone's yes. facial structure. It's that you really don't even know what they look like. I know. And you like fill in what mm-hmm. you think somebody's going to look like. And then by the end of the season, somebody would stand like 50 feet away outside and we'd be like, can I see the bottom half? And then they'd pull it down and I'd be like, that's not what I pictured at all. Totally, totally. <laughs> the great thing about that is everybody is gorgeous with their uh, just eyes showing. Like everyone's so pretty. Everyone's so good looking. <laughs> it's I, freeing, I like the mask. Honestly. Yeah, oh, me too. I'm like, oh, I just do glasses and uh, a little mask and you won't even really know it's me. Yeah, exactly. All you see is forehead. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about like celebrities in the time of like, COVID and I was like, God, it must be so nice for them because it's you're you're like yeah for them, not for yourself. (laughs) Well, no, I mean I'm not, you know, I guess Brad Pitt or whatever. (laughs) But I feel like it would be amazing for him to walk outside. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Yeah, thank you, you. (laughs) thank you. You know, it's it's crazy because I feel like I was listening to Snooki's podcast earlier and she was like, it's really nice having a mask and sunglasses, but I'm like, you are so short. Everyone's going to know it's Snooki running around. You know what 100%. I mean? Like if you have like a, a recognizable body, yeah. it's over. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't watch The L Word, can you talk a little bit about what the show is and who you play? Yeah, so um, The L Word, I guess first came on, oh God, I, I think maybe in... 2004 2002 like early 2000s went for six seasons was you know one of the first shows to really show you know lesbians living their lives and you know get into um queer people living in LA and then um they brought it back and it's our second season and there's sort of the original cast um Leisha Kate and Jennifer Beals and um, then there's us newbies that sort of uh, bring a different flavor. Were you like, were you a fan of the original show? Yes, I was. You were? Were you? Oh my God, yeah. As like a young queer old. person. Yeah, I mean, I definitely wasn't out yet, but like watching it, you look back and you're like, oh, there's a definitely a reason I gravitated so hard to the show. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh my God, I want to be that. You know, I want to, I think what's great about the show and that it, 
you know, in our version as well, like continues on, is it's aspirational in a way. Mm -hmm. Queer kids can watch it and be like, oh, there's a place out there. Like LA is a place that like I'll be accepted or, you know, that I could like live. There's people ready to love me. It's like, uh, you know, I think it definitely gets into that. You make your own family. Yeah. And it also like pushed a lot of boundaries. Like we can talk about it. It was very um, intimate. <laughs> intimate. Very sexy. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I, I didn't even see that growing up like I didn't even know what that was when I was 13 years old you know I never saw gay men even kissing on TV that must be amazing for you know young queer lesbians to see yeah I mean there was no queer sex on TV I mean there still is not that much and I think it's important to see yourself represented um like in that way as well and I think we're still pushing boundaries you know Leo Shang and Jillian Mercado just had a sex scene and I was asking Jillian you know, have you ever seen a sex scene with somebody differently abled? And she was like, no, I haven't. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time really that this is like happening in that way mm -hmm. um, with, you know, these queer people of color. And it's Isn't that incredible. crazy? Like, it's crazy. Disabled people have been on this earth since the beginning of time, basically. And this is the first time we're seeing it. It's insane. It's insane. I know. Do you um do you relate with your character on the show at all? Because Finley is so outgoing, so fun, so silly. Mm -hmm. Do you what what similarities do you guys have? You're like you are not fun or silly. Bring it, <laughs> bring it more. No, because I feel like <laughs> I feel kidding. like you're pretty much the same, but like on a deeper level, what do you relate with? Yeah, you know, I think it's um, I feel like she's such a former version of myself. Um, okay. Yeah, I was definitely, you know, I, I have such a like supportive family and uh, family doesn't. And so I think a lot of like her behaviors and, you know, she's like a little bit of a mess. There's a family in every group. And I feel like maybe we don't share as many. Hopefully we don't share as many similarities in that regard. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, yeah, just like the way she speaks, I feel like is very similar. The The writers definitely write really well for me so um in that way for sure and outgoing, i mean i think we've all thing. fucked a priest so <laughs> <laughs> do you tell <laughs> no i have not, I have not. never <laughs> what the priests were never into me <laughs> oh my god how is the show different do you think this version of the show compared to the original version of the show i think it's um similar in the way that like pushing boundaries and you're just seeing so many different people represented you know it was mainly about you know queer women and lesbians in the first iteration and now there's gay people now there's <laughs> and trans people as well uh -huh. there's, there's i was really really people. proud of the show for actually including a trans person i feel like that's really amazing and for such a pillar of a show, you know, it was it was really a staple in a lot of people's lives in our community. Mm -hmm. Do you feel pressure from the community to be kind of like this pillar in the community of knowledge, lesbian and greatness, lesbian excellence? Yeah, because <laughs> it must be it, there must be pressure that must be stressful, right? Well, I mean, I guess I have to ask you the same question. I, I like it's not stressful, but there is a sense of like you're just getting to know your community in a very different way. Um, oh, I like that. You know, mm -hmm. like I was watching some of your stuff earlier and like your early, you know, YouTube signings and stuff like that and having people come up and 
you know, be so grateful. Mm -hmm. It's those moments where you're like, oh, wow, I do have a responsibility to my community because right. I am, you know, there's not that many queer people that are out and about. Um, and I think it comes from like, you know, representation on television for so long being played by straight cis people. And I think we're starting to learn a lot about how dangerous that is. And so being out and playing a gay character, I think, is yeah sometimes more important than maybe I recognize. Mm -hmm. But in those moments, you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like it, it's one of those things that hits you in like waves. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it's not always you feel it, but when you feel it, it's a really big wave. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my god, I, I hold weight in the community, mm -hmm. and it's stressful. There's pressure. It is. I was going to ask you that. Is it stressful? It is. Because you kind of think, am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Like this is, you know, I wanted, I want to be the role model that people see me as, right? Mm -hmm. And playing such a powerful character like Finley on such a, an amazing show, mm -hmm. I feel like it would sometimes get in my head. I'd be like, oh my oh, God. Yeah. Like, like I'm a know? lesbian playing the lesbian on the lesbian show. Right. Like <laughs> you are so lucky and you are speaking so many people's, you know, stories. Yeah. You know, I think I we're like getting I into her to... head. Like, are you scared? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh no, I'm sinking into the couch. No, I think I used to be much more nervous about that. But mm -hmm. then you sort of realize, okay, if I do fuck up, if I do say the wrong thing, maybe, you know, I'll burn myself or get canceled or whatever. But it also maybe that's more important than knowing everything all the time and chastising people who don't. Because at the end of the day, like we're all learning and I think we all need to be okay with being like messing up. Or, yeah. You know, learning mm -hmm. in action, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I love that. Learning in action. I love that. Thank you. I just that just popped out. Never said it. I mean, to get that tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I kind of just assumed. Are you a lesbian? Is that your identity? What are your pronouns? Yeah, my pronouns are she/her. Cool, cool. I'm gay. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> it's been itching inside of me. Doing a sex scene mm -hmm. on camera is so intimidating. I've never done that. Mm -hmm. How is that? It is a lot less enjoyable than you think it would be. Really? That's what I hear. Okay. That's what I hear. Well, it's not not enjoyable, and I think it really depends on the person that is, you know, that you're doing it with and the respect you come into the room with and your director and really vocalizing. You know, it's all about, like, communication, but it's a lot of, like – step by step what's going to happen what and making sure like we're telling a story yeah it's not just sex for sex it's like what are we doing here why and now we have intimacy coordinators which is really different from Ooh, what's that oh my god kind of like a choreographer not so much a choreographer but it's like the well an authority figure who's like this you can't do this you can do that well basically you have conversations precluding the not precluding polluting polluting not polluting. I don't know polluting. what copulating means. Mm -hmm. I'm getting Populating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's just go with before. Uh -huh. Before the sex scenes, <laughs> you um, will have uh, conversations with your intimacy coordinator and be like, hey, these are my boundaries. These are my lines. Oh, that's amazing. This is what I'm okay with. Because sometimes, you know, previously you'd have talks with like, 
your fellow actor and the director, but maybe some people don't feel comfortable with what they, you know, what their boundaries are or vocalizing what their boundaries are. And so you have those conversations and so you feel protected. Yeah, that's amazing. That would make me feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. So the and same. then you're sort of there and checking in and whatever. Takes the intimacy kind of out of it. I feel like it would be like more work. Because when we see it on TV, it's it looks so intimate. hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's so passionate, you know, like it's really hot and steamy. So I feel like when you are behind the lens, everyone says it's it's not that steamy. It's not that gorge. Behind the <laughs> no, I mean, like in if you guys want to get into it in actuality, it's like, OK, so what? are we getting here? It's like, okay, well, we're on a really tight lens, so I need hands on back. And I need, or like, I'm going with like, I'm getting you pulling off this at this moment. And so it's, yeah, it's choreography. And it's like, you're very aware of the camera. And now we have closed sets, so it's a more intimate um, room. Not every single person is in the room from the crew as a normal set would be, but... Um, it still, you know, there's eyes on you watching and it's like pretty silent. And it's like <laughs> Gigi, would you feel would you say? Would you feel more comfortable with a friend or a professional actor? Ooh, that's a really good for question. For me it's friend. I, for sure. I think friend too, because we could sure. also just like get into it and like laugh. Yeah. Okay, so I have uh, a secret to divulge. Okay. Please tell us. Um, so during COVID we um we're shooting a scene where the person that I was like, it was early COVID and you don't see the person that my character is hooking up with. And a so I faceless character. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I brought in one of my friends. Uh, That's amazing. We didn't like make that out or anything. But we were like, yeah. But just to be like a body there. And like, <laughs> it was really hilarious. We yes. like, couldn't stop giggling uh -huh. the entire time, and it was really fun. That's everything. Yeah. That's how I would oh want to do God. it. Oh my God, Mark, would <laughs> yeah. you do a sex scene with me? Yes. Are you kidding? That'd be oh so stupid. Oh my God, stupid. I was expecting it now. <laughs> no, that would be so ridiculous. Ne it would take episode. us days, and it would be a lot of money. But that would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be so ridiculous. Oh my God. <laughs> was this your first? Was in the, was the show your like first sex scenes? Mm mm. Oh my I gosh. Had, oh, she's um, a pro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have I have a bit of experience with it. I did a sex scene on Easy, um, which is a Netflix show. Oh yes, yes, yes. We did, um, yeah, we did a couple of sex scenes with that, and it was. So you're just a pro sex scener. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, that was totally that. just an itch inside of me. I needed to get out because seeing you on the show. It is so much, and I need to know what that is, because not every show really takes it there. But it's not yeah. gross. You know how a lot of um, nudity is, like, gratuitous? Um, it's not It's not gross at all. It's so, like, sexy and steamy and, like, hot. Wait, is that yeah. is that the same as gross? Because that's not what I mean, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, gross no, gross no. in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Was it, Wait, was your director a girl? Oh, my gosh, we're going on about these sex scenes. Was your director a girl? Every single director that we've had I think yeah is a woman or identifies as queer I love that yeah me too and the majority of yeah the majority of them are are gay I think it feels like a very safe space and you know when my friend came on to like help me out with that she was like I have never been on a set with so many queer people mm -hmm. and so many women and it's like 
insane. And I, I mean, it's props to our showrunner for hiring, you know, people that sort of represent the show. Mm-hmm. And so it feels really, mm-hmm. really comfortable and amazing. Absolutely. And I wouldn't really expect anything less from the L word because mm-hmm. it is so inclusive. And it's been really like, I'll say it again, a pillar in the community. Like, when you say the L word, you know exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. It just takes it there. It goes there. And everybody who watches is, it's it's just really, it's it, the, the pull to the show is so strong. And I'm just like, I, I literally am such a huge fan. I want to ask you also, does your family watch the show? Because <laughs> oh my God. it's a lot, but it's really powerful. And I know how, you know, I was growing up on YouTube and doing all that. I wanted it to be a secret. I was like, okay, yeah. you know me in real life. You don't need to see what I do online. Yeah. Is it kind of like that for you? Or are a you like... A little bit, but I think they I think they watch it. I'm sure they fast forward, but um, <laughs> they're really supportive. And I think it's a little scary at first, like um, for them to hear, you know, like what show it is or what's going to happen on it. But... You know, throughout the entire time, they've been super supportive. But yeah, it's weird for sure. At the end of the day, <laughs> it is art. You are creating art and it's amazing that you get to do that. So I'd be very proud if my kids did that. Thank you. I think I think my family and my, uh, my parents feel the same way, you know. Gigi, didn't you that. have um, Curveball here? We didn't talk about this, but did you have an audition with the L word? Did I? I think I you did. I did I? Or like you were asked to come in or something for something. I think that might have been Euphoria. Oh, wait. Did I tell you about Euphoria? No, you told me about the L word and you were like, should I do it? Should I do the L word? And I was like, "Um, yeah, the sex scenes. Like, are you okay with that? Because we talked about you doing the sex scenes. Oh my God. I actually remember now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You forgot? (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) Wait, so you didn't go in? No. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Yeah, it could have been Jacqueline and I you boning. Or you could have been Finley. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, oh, my no, God, no. imagine. Please don't take my job. No. Please don't take my I'm just job. Kidding. You recently got engaged. Moving on. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How did you propose? So my partner, Cass, was filming in – she was filming a show for Netflix in Florence. And so Firenze. I went out and – in Firenze and so I went out and met her and I was supposed to propose before she left and then we were gonna like meet in Italy and have this like engagement moon sort of and um I was designing the ring and it wasn't ready in time and so I was kind of freaking out I had to like expedite like they shipped it to my brother's house in Boston so I could pick it up before I went to the airport to Florence it was like a huge thing and so I got it and I was like, uh, I flew to Florence and my thing was like, I need to get this ring off of me as soon as possible. I want to like land yeah. and propose because I'm in like pickpocket city. I do not want to hold on to this. Mm-hmm. It must have really been a nervous. big ring. <laughs> it is a pretty ring. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's really pretty. <laughs> Thank you. So I was like, okay, I know where I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose, you know, in this place overlooking Florence. It's going to be beautiful. I have dinner set up. I have the whole thing. It's like day one. I'm going to do it. I fly in. And um, we get there and um, we like drive up to this thing. And there's just gates blocking the garden that I'm going to propose in. And I was like, huh, so crazy. <laughs> and I was like, let's go up here. And we walk up and there's just massive construction. And I was like, 
there's a guy like oh just like no. getting into the concrete and i was like okay um Cass, why don't we go out with your friends tonight i'm canceling dinner oh um, my god we will be not doing this right now oh and good so, for you because as a perfectionist i would have died in that moment like it would have been the end for me well i i had a feeling i was like I, I was going to get a photographer, the whole thing. And I was like, no, because I don't have as much control over the situation because it's not it's not like I could have a friend go check it out. It's like we're in Italy. So I <laughs> knew that that was potentially going to happen. And so I had um, a secondary game plan. And oh, work. I proposed. Yeah. So I proposed in um, Puglia overlooking the ocean. And it was so beautiful. Fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was, it was a good second option for sure. Did you cry? Yes, I cried like did a little baby. Did she cry? She did. I think she was in such shock. She did not think that it was like happening right really? then. Oh, that's you the You guys best. had talked about it though, right? Like, What'd you say? Y- you guys had talked about it? I mean, we had talked about getting engaged, but I sort of, <laughs> I really love surprises and I really wanted her to be surprised. So I was like, I'm not going to propose until we go to Australia. I'm going to like ask permission in person. I'm going to propose in Australia, blah, blah, blah. And then COVID happened and that was no longer an option. We can't even get into the country. And so, and the hilarious thing is we can't get into the country until we're engaged. Like we can both go once we're engaged. (laughs) And so it was like the worst catch 22 of all time. So um, I had put that like, I just like laid that seed too deeply. (laughs) So she really didn't think it was happening, which is great. She was in total shock. And then later, many, many tears came. Oh, I love that. How how long have you been together? How did you meet? We met uh, through a dating app. It was both of our first uh, dates. So we, um, yes, we met. We had, uh, we, we went to a natural wine place. Um, like a little wine bar and she walked out of the bathroom and I was like, Oh my God, that's her. That's my wife. You thought that right away. Right away. And so you believe like, in love at first sight? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I was just like, uh, I, I like, Aww. and I was like, I just need to convince her of that. That you're major. That to I fall like, in love with you. Yeah. I was just oh like, my God. That's so, <laughs> that's cute. so cute. I love that. And so we, yeah. So, then it just went on from there and it was like it. I was, yeah. How long ago salt. was that? <gasps> salt. You um, said salt. Salt. Signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> um, I don't know, like two and a half years ago, I think. Cute. Three years ago. Yeah. Around, around there. When you know, you know. Yeah. I don't know if you feel like that. Absolutely. I don't know if you're dating uh-huh. I actually do. I really, I really feel that love at first sight is a thing. I feel like when you just see someone, you lock eyes with them. You're like, oh my God. Like, this is for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Like, you just know. Did you feel that way with your husband? I did. I think he felt it more first. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just, like, knew. Like, there was always that, like, little spark and, like, twinkle in his eye that I was like, why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Like, about, like, another human. Like, I care about myself. But no. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow, my God, why am I so drawn to this person? That's definitely I, real. How did you guys meet? We met through um, his brother. Amazing. So we were like best friends. And then he was like, oh, yeah, my brother is coming to Paris. And we went on this long trip. And then he was like calling me out being like, oh, uh, Gigi has nice boobs. Or like, yeah, I want to fuck Gigi. Or like, <laughs> oh, I think Gigi's pretty. Like, just saying little things. Wait, he said that? Just <laughs> little, little things? Little sweet nothings. Yes. 
but like in a joking way. But I'd be like, oh my God, is he joking or is this real? And then it just kind of blossomed from there. I mean, not a bad like place to meet and fall in love. It's like, oh, we met in Paris. I'm like, what? <laughs> Can you scrap my story? Can we rewrite that? I mean, Italy I'm is like, pretty I'm like, Cass, we're going to Paris. We're redoing this whole thing. Wait, how long have you and Nats been together? Seven years. Is that a... Seven okay. years. I think Seven I... Years. I asked you that last time and I think that you were going to confirm because I think it's longer than seven years now that we're sticking with seven years. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's like when you have a, a pet. It's like, how's your dog? It's like two. You say two forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I had this impulse the other day of um, just saying my dog's years in months just like people do for their kids. Oh my God. Yeah. She's 48 months. months. (laughs) 38 months. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 307 months. This this, this February. That's hilarious. (laughs) We need to start doing that. Yeah. I know. I got to calculate how, how old I am in months. (laughs) I love that. I mean, dating is so hard, especially in a big city, especially in LA, you know? So I I literally respect you finding love, and I feel like it's very it's huge. Oh, it's such you. a big yeah. deal, Settling especially down, as queer people. Yeah, like I you're feel like getting married. So much, I know, I know. I just I I, f- I feel like I previously would have been so scared to be like, oh my god, I'm getting married, mm-hmm. and now I just like I don't know how you felt, but I just feels don't right, right? Feel like it's less intimidating my- when you're in it. Yes, it's like, oh yeah, duh. I'm so lucky to be able to like spend the rest of my life with this person. Right, you're like, it's happening. It. Like this yeah. is this literally. This is oh yeah, people get married before me. Yes, this is it's a natural progression. Yeah, and I feel like just dating in general, especially in LA, but there's so much, and especially in the queer community, there's so much fear around it. Like people are like, will I ever get to meet my person? Are they out there? You're like dating and dating and dating, and I feel like. Just like it'll happen mm-hmm. and you'll be happy you or feel... if it doesn't, you'll be happy. Exactly. Right. Do you feel like you find love when you're not looking for it? Because a lot of people call into our podcast and say, I am trying to meet the one. I am, you know, not feeling the best about myself. I'm not feeling confident or, you know, um, you can't really love someone else if you don't love yourself. And a lot of people out there are looking for someone, but in your case, did you feel like it kind of just happened or, I mean, you were on a dating app, you said, so you were actively looking. Well, but looking. it was like, yeah, I mean, both of us, our friends made the apps for us. Like our oh, friends okay. like wow. did You had thing, pushers like, in your us. life. Yeah, exactly. And we ended up having mutual friends too, Cass and I, so it wasn't that far like removed, but... I think you're always looking for someone, but I agree with you when you're not looking, it's more attractive because when you feel pride in yourself and you're going out there and you don't feel, there's not like a desperation in the air of like, or is this person the one, whatever, you're living your best life. People are drawn to that positivity and are like, want to be in your orbit. They want to, you know, drink what you're drinking because it's like, it's infectious. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that would be my advice for people just like, love you focus on yourself exactly yes i think you have to be whole for someone to love you and if you're like looking for someone it's like you have a hole 
sorry, like whole hole, but like you have a hole. Oh my God, are we going back to this <laughs> sex talk, Mark? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like when you're desperate and you have this hole that you like have the f- need to fill, it's like not attractive. Yeah. yeah, you need to be your biggest fan. You need to believe in you more than anyone because you are you. That's what I always think. I'm like, if you are obsessed with yourself and love who you are and really thrive, people literally, like you said, Jacqueline, it literally, people just come. They do. They're like, I really fuck with her. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's infectious. Yeah. And part of me is like, we're sold this idea of love. You need this to be happy. And I think the next reckoning is going to be like justice for single people. Yes. Like people could be single Hello. their entire lives. And that is valid and amazing. And you can have a full, incredible life by yourself with the people you surround yourself with. And it Absolutely. doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. And I feel like, you know, the hallmark of it all, we get lost in and because we don't want to be alone because it's very scary. But if you fill up your life, maybe then you find, you'll find someone or you won't. But either way, it's okay. Just like make your life how you want, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people who are in relationships end up feeling alone anyways, because oh, they are preach. not in great ones, you know? So. Yeah. And don't like just going off that don't put yourself down or give, give, give just for this thing that we feel like we need to have. Like it only bring people in who are enhancing you and your life and helping you shine and you Mm -hmm. helping the other person do that as well. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier said than done. I mean, like I think we all three of us grew up, you know, we grew up in Canada, you grew up in California. So it's like, we're from the supportive places. So if you're listening out there in Texas, I know, like, we probably sound crazy because it's easier said than done, but I promise you, like, that's how it is. That's how it works. Let's get back to you, though. Have you been planning your wedding? Uh, yes. Yes? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Are you bit. a bridezilla? It's, no. Is she? No, neither of us. Oh, my really? God, you should be, though. Why not? Lucky. I know, two brides, no bridezillas. I don't know. I think it's kind of stressful. Did you have a big wedding? Yes. Okay. Huge. <laughs> Were you a bridezilla? I wasn't. Not no, at all. I'm, I'm really easygoing. Like, I really am. Like, just as long as everything looks good, it's it's fine. And as long as my family was there, like, it's like the little things. I'm I, not, like, stressing out over, the, like, the small. Little minute details. Mm-mm. I know. It's like, basically, you just want to have every single person you love and that loves you in, you know, your, like, tiny, small, familial community around you to celebrate this thing and so I was I keep asking people what about their weddings like what advice do you have what did you love what did you not etc and somebody told me the other day when you're at your wedding get up on a table and look around at every single person there because it's probably the last time that all of those people will be in the same room and it's really true weddings bring people together yes yes from both sides and you're creating your future life you know it's like everyone you want to bring into the future with you and that's going to support you as a couple because that's what it's about oh my god i didn't think of it like that yeah so i think just right now we're taking a step back and being like what do we want this to be why are we doing this as opposed to getting caught up and like this is what we feel like we have to do. Right. And I feel like that's an asset for a queer wedding is like you don't have to follow tradition. You're not doing these things for anybody else but you. So really, you know, get down to what you 
want out of it. And so I think that's kind of what we're focusing on. Yeah, I feel like it's so important just to do what you want, especially with a queer wedding. It's literally like, you know what? We weren't allowed to do this for so many years. Let's make our day our day. Yeah. And also it does bring people together, like what you were saying. Like it really is like a a time that – Family makes time for you because love is so special and so big. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did the same thing. I looked around the room and I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. everyone is here like celebrating us. And it's it's a monumental moment in your life. And those who are there, you are taking with you, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice? Oh, God. I mean, when are you getting married? Um, How much time do you have is what I'm asking. Not that much time. (laughs) Really? Spring. Okay. Cute. Cute. That's good timing. I mean, I just say enjoy the honeymoon phase because right as you get engaged, it's all about when are you having kids, when are you getting married, like all like people fast forward for Mm -hmm. you. So I just say like easy does it. I loved my engagement period. It was just, it's fucking everything, you know, like. You're engaged. It's crazy. Uh, We were just talking about that the other day. It's like, it is different. It feels so, there is like a honeymoon phase to it mm-hmm. where you just feel so light and incredible. That, and I feel like, I don't know if Nat's felt this way, but uh, there's like this weird thing about proposing. Okay. Where. Ooh, I want to hear this. It's like <laughs> deceitful. Like the what? only oh, other. you're holding a secret from them? Yes. It the is. only other time <laughs> in your life that you're hiding something like trying to hide text messages from the jeweler or like you know like yeah. emails i'm like give me my phone you know oh, like he totally felt like that too right Absolutely. so you feel like you're being like the only other time you would do that is if you were like cheating on someone so it's like <laughs> feels like cheating feel, yes you're like feeling bad <laughs> i was feeling so bad so when you oh, know after cute. i proposed and she said yes it was like oh my god the like relief. coming out again <laughs> like, Fuck, i don't have to hide anything damn I'm like, oh, God, the stress is all gone. Did she know that something was up? Like, did she know your body language had changed and, like, you were keeping something from her? Because the intuition is strong. Well, definitely, I think she did not see it coming. But before, like, after the initial thing with the construction happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, now I'm, like, have to fly by the seat of my pants and figure something out. (laughs) And I'm, like, nervous. And um, so I was being so needy like just emotionally needy oh. i'm like hanging off her i'm like i love you so much she's like it's 104 degrees outside please like <laughs> just give me a little space and i was like oh my god she hates me <laughs> not not actually but i think she like was like what what is up with you you right. know she didn't say anything she was super, like yourself yeah exactly and so it was really funny and she was like oh god it makes so much sense <laughs> cute yeah i love love well that was so cute jacqueline thank you for joining us i can't wait to see about to see your wedding on instagram if it ever comes on <laughs> i'm so happy for you as we talked about be getting married as a queer person is such a huge deal and such like it's a moment for everybody, you know, who gets to see that happen. Not even just your family, for us, for people, for, you know, people in the Midwest who get to see that on, I don't know, Instagram, on the news. It's such a huge moment. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, my first gay wedding will be my gay wedding that I've ever been to. <laughs> better work. Welcome to the club. 1992 babies getting married. Oh, yeah. Look at us 1992s. now. I can't. <laughs> 
Will you stay with us for a couple of queries from our fans? Absolutely. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We are here with Jacqueline Taboni. We are going to answer some of your calls. If you guys don't know, we have a hotline. It's 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything. This is my favorite part of the show. Are you ready to get into it? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm nervous. Well, take us in, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Our first query. Hey, my name is Aiden, a new listener to the pod. I was just listening to it, and you guys were talking about your inner saboteur. I just want to know how you, like, tell the difference between your inner saboteur and your, like, instinct, like your gut telling you. Yeah, if you guys can help me out, help me out. Thank you. Bye. Aiden, thank you for that question. So if you don't know um, what Aiden is talking about, we were on a past um, episode of, of our podcast, we were talking about how we named the voices in our head or how I specifically named the voice in my head who tells me awful things like the anxiety voice. I name mine the devil. So when something tells me in my head, like you can't do this or you're stupid or you look awful, I'm like, nope, that's the devil. That's not me. Like I'm going to stop the devil because it's not happening today. Did you, did you name your inner saboteur yet? I didn't. I said on a previous (laughs) podcast that I was going to name her, but no, I didn't. I feel like it is very, it's it's really hard, right? It's very hard to tell what is your gut and what's your inner saboteur. I feel like anything, I mean, honestly, just really like listening and feeling, I feel like is really important because if you feel, oh, I look ugly today or I'm not good enough to be in the room, you have imposter syndrome, whatever it may be, I feel like it's really important just to fuel yourself with positivity. And if you are feeling that negative voice in your head, Just call it your inner saboteur because it's not serving you. Mm -hmm. There's no point to be negative. There's no point to look down on yourself. You are enough and you're everything. So I think simple as is negative and positive. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not hard. It's simple. Like your intuition is not going to tell you you look stupid or you are stupid or you're ugly or you can't do something. That is not your intuition. That is your anxiety. It's not real. And you should not listen to that. That's the devil. Um, do you have an inner saboteur, Jacqueline? <laughs> oh man, no, I don't think so. I think, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I. I uh, do you ever doubt yourself? Have anxieties? I mean, we're, let's not bring 100%. it out if you don't. <laughs> no, 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 a hundred percent. I think everybody does, but I think sometimes it's hard to stop. Uh, what I've noticed about myself recently is that your body betrays you with some of these thoughts like the anxiety is sometimes so overwhelming that your heart starts beating you're yep. getting flushed you can't or breathe it's yeah it's hard to stop those when it's like a physical representation and it feels so real but taking a moment and stopping and saying i mean exactly what Gigi said is like is this enhancing my life is this go is this a positive thought that will help me or yeah, is it positive? And if not, accept the thought and let it roll past. I feel like meditation and therapy are so good about teaching us like, don't say no, 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 and just shut it out because it's happening. You can't, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. actually real. Mm -hmm. So saying it's not is unhelpful. I think yes, okay, and letting it go. And I do this sometimes, and it's really helpful. I Grabs agree. Grabs the chest and throws Grabs it away. Grabs the chest and throws it away. I like that. Not, not serving me today. I Goodbye. love, I literally love that. Mind over matter, bitches. Yeah. 
I feel this way being sometimes queer in um, straight spaces or like mm-hmm. I think especially if I'm dressed like not femme or something like that, I feel like, oh God, do I fit in here? Am I right here? And the answer is like, you fit in everywhere. Yes. Be yourself. And it's the same thing with like dating that we were talking about. Be yourself and people are attracted to that positivity and that pride that you have walking into a room. Yeah, you never know what someone's going through. So you dressing not femme in a straight space, you have no fucking idea who's gonna be there and look at you and feel seen. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I mean, Mark, we've talked about this previously. Seeing someone's soul, like when they see you, and they, they know you're in queer, such a profound way. Yeah. yeah, like it's beautiful. That's why, literally, everyone that's different. I'm like, props to you. Like that is. Awesome. I feel the same way. You know, when you walk into a space and you're like, oh, they're doing something different. I have so much respect for that. Whether it's my thing or not, it's like, and you're like, oh, people probably think that about me too, you know? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Another, an- before we move on, another analogy that we have is um, like anxiety opens a door and before they come in, you close the door. <laughs> so me, we were, me and DJ. Close the door. Like, we oh always my God, close the door. Close the door. Just close the door. Close don't, the let door. The, don't let them don't in. Don't even close let the door. it. <laughs> Uh-huh. Just tell it. yourself, close the door. Close the door. Like, should I wear these shoes? Do I look cool? Close the door. Like, wear it, Bye. close the door. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our second query. Thank you, Aiden, for that question. Hi, my name's Rebecca. I'm from Seattle, Washington. My question to you is how is what helps you when you have really bad anxiety? What are tips that help you when you're feeling down? because I've been feeling a little down lately, and I just need some things to brighten my day. So just that I'll call in here and ask you what makes you happy and what brings you joy. I love you, and I hope you have a great day. And remember, you're loved, and people care about you. And have a good day. Bye. Thank you for your question, Rebecca. We were kind of just talking about that. How do you deal with the anxiety Jacqueline, you go first, because you already kind of started to talk about it. But do you have any other tips? Because I think you said you go to therapy. So I feel like you know you have a couple of tools. Yeah, I think exactly what I said with like taking a thought and letting it pass and knowing, you know, that it's not as big as you're making it. I think compounded compounded things is what gives me anxiety. So if I'm not dealing with something over here and something out of my control happens over here, they can like come together and then it can you know, become a lot bigger in your head. So just taking a breath and being really, really gentle with yourself. I feel like, and whatever you need in that moment, there is no shame in that. If you need to take a day off work, if you need to, you know, sit and just watch TV all day and not clean the house, that's okay. Yes. I literally love that. I think pouring love back into yourself is so important because we are drained as humans all the time, right? Like if, if taking a day off work, like you said, like, bitch, there's 365 days in the year. You could take one day for yourself. Like mm-hmm. I think self-love is is so beautiful and it's amazing that it's be, being kind of pushed to the forefront right now about with the pandemic. It's like give yourself a facial, let yourself rest, whatever, treat yourself to a massage, whatever it may be. But it's so important if you are feeling that anxiety and you're feeling down on yourself, pouring love back into yourself, whether it be with relaxing emotionally, you know, getting services like a facial or a massage, whatever, like it works. And those things will recharge you. And I'm like 
pro self-love all the time. Yeah, and if you're suffering from anxiety, definitely go see a therapist if you can. I know it's not as accessible to everybody. Um, talk to a therapist, maybe a psychiatrist. Another tool that I use is called um, putting your thoughts on jury or something, um, testing your thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah, so like if I, let's say um, I was like, oh my God, if I felt like, oh my God, I can't go to this job interview, like I'm not going to get it. I would ask, like, what would your best friend say? Like, what would Gigi say if you said that to her? Like, she would tell you, like, bitch, you're overqualified. Like, you go in there and you be yourself. So You, you need it. Yeah, yeah they e- need you. Exactly. So, like, you uh, you tell yourself, what would your best friends tell you? Because you know it's not what you would, you're thinking. So that's another tool that you can use. Yeah, I, I think that's such a good way to think about it. And I also think a lot of the things we're talking about are like, maybe you're not, you can't take a day off work because money is tight at the moment. But what you can do is after you finish work, you can take a walk or, you know, like get involved in some sort of community. If it's giving back to your community, if it's, you know, like finding positive people around you to refuel you and just being really gentle with yourself. That's a good one. Go for a walk. Yeah, that always helps me. And it's free. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rebecca. I hope you feel better. Call us back. And our third and last query. Here we go. Hi, Gigi. Hi, Mimi. And hey, special guest. My name is Dory from Anchorage, Alaska, and I'm about to move to Chicago. Um, I just wanted to say I'm obsessed with your podcast, and I love each, every one, and I cannot wait for more. But I was on Super and talked to Gigi, and she told me to call in for a question I asked. By the way, Gigi, I looked up your sign and I saw you're a Taurus, not an Aries, and I'm so embarrassed. I thought you were a fire sign, but now I'm curious as to what y'all's big three are in astrology. I'm a Sagittarius sun, Taurus moon, and Leo rising. I just find zodiac signs so interesting and fun, but back to my main question. I've been in a two-year relationship with my boyfriend and only recently came out and started medically transitioning about three months ago. Since coming out, he has been more than understanding and supportive, and he's actually bisexual, and has said he's finding me more attractive now as I'm coming into my true self, which is, like, amazing. Although, even with the reassurances, I can't help but feel like a burden with all the societal standards and my own securities getting in the way. But since talking to you, Gigi, I told him our talk, and it really helped me get out of my head, and he totally geeked out because I got him watching your documentary, and I'm... As I'm going on my journey, and that allowed, like, an open discussion for us. But, yeah, but if you guys had any other advice for couples in transition on how to accommodate each other, not let society or you get in the way of your own happiness, that would be amazing. But I also wanted to know if I could call again because I have even more questions I'd love to ask. So, yes, thank you so much. Can't wait to hear back from you. I love you guys. Bye. Oh, my God. Thank you for that question, Dory. Um, I think you've called the right person here with Gigi Gorgeous. Because I think she can help you about, um, with, you know, give you advice with transitioning in a relationship. Gigi, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah. First and foremost, Dory, bitch, we need to have you on the podcast. You're a talker, (laughs) mother. You are good. You are good. I mean, honestly, I love that question so much because I feel like it is a very taboo topic, right? Like, People being together and then a transition going on within. And I'm then very knowledgeable staying, about that. Like- right. Leaving, staying, things being different, whatever. I think it's really important, like Jacqueline was saying, our special guest story. <laughs> um, our yeah, so I feel like it is so important just to be gentle with yourself and be gentle with the person. Like really, it is a transition for both people, also. Like that is mainly the biggest thing that I think I learned transitioning, 
filming my documentary with my dad, he he went through a transition just as big as I did. So really go on that journey with the person. Do not take it like, oh, okay, yeah, like everything is so easy, you know, like, oh, they're transitioning. It's all fine. It is going to be, you're going to have to re- relearn your friendships with people because it's also a pronoun change. It's a name change. It's It's a lot. And you just need to be their biggest cheerleader. But you sound really assertive, like in, mm-hmm. in a really good way. So I feel like you are, you're going to be Gorge. Any advice, guys? I think Dory's all good. I mean, uh, her husband or boyfriend is sticking with her. He's bisexual. He loves it. I think she said he finds her more attractive. So that's a plus. Like, good for you. Um, wait, uh, what are what are our signs? The other question was, what are our signs? Oh, wait, before we go on, Jacqueline, do you have any advice? Well, I think it sounds like communication is there, right? Exactly. That's going to be the biggest thing is like talking about, you guys are talking about it and it sounds like what they're giving you like is so positive and take that and like own that. And, and hopefully you trust them enough to communicate if they're feeling differently. And I think, um, I'm just so proud and happy for you. Right? Um, yeah. It's an exciting time. I hope yeah. you check back in with the podcast. Cause I want to hear what happens when you move to Chicago and your gorgeous future <laughs> life. This is another question. Yes. Call all you want, Dory. That's why we have the hotline. <laughs> if you have more questions, please give them to us, girl. Amazing. But um, the other, the more, most important question, what are your three um, signs? I mean, I <laughs> am an Aries Taurus cusp. So I was born on 420. And that is, like, don't smoke weed. So Sorry, lame. I don't know why I laughed at that. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just an easy one to remember. I feel like I'm more fire sign, though. Because I think Aries is is water, do I want to say? No, Aries is fire. Aries is fire. No, I thought Taurus was fire. No, Taurus is earth. Oh, well, I'm I'm fiery, so <laughs> I'll take fire. Um, And I think I'm like Virgo and Sag. Do you okay. know three? So here's the thing. Here we go. Give it to us. I am the youngest of five children. And my mom is like a little like, I think you were born at 3.45 a.m., but it could have been your brother. Got Paul. My dad is too. So like, I, I, I think I'm, I'm Aquarius, Pisces cusp, but I'm Aquarius and then Aquarius moon. And then Wait, I you're think- You're cusp too? Yes. Word. But they also changed it. They were like- They do change it. I'm February 18th. And they were like, well, the 19th is now, it was, it's like more of a cusp than I, I think I was realizing. Yeah. Um, or something. They just changed the date on me. I was like, what? I, I can't. They do. And then Virgo rising. Oh I my think, God. We're all Virgos. Time. So Virgos um, are the best. I'm a Virgo sun, Aries moon, Pisces rising. And I do have to say, like, all my charts with all my friends, I have them on me right now, is, like, horrible. Like, I don't get along with anybody. My chart with my boyfriend, we're, like, not compatible in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. But me and Gigi, ours is, like, 99.99% compatible. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we work. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Aries, Taurus, Virgo. I just love Virgos. Just the know-it-alls. I don't know it what works. any of this means, but I'm <laughs> If anybody out there has any horoscope advice for us, now you know our signs. Please tell us about ourselves. Thank you. But Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so fun. Where can people find you? Uh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so great. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, 
You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, on the television, Showtime, Mondays at Come 9 on, TV. <laughs> you can find me on the tube. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. You guys were so great. You've just been queerified. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our guest, Jacqueline Taboni, and thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and at Mark Maverick. As always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Love you.